It's April Fool's Day, but I assure you, this episode is no joke. We're going to be talking about upcoming books, starting right now! Welcome to episode 299 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for avid readers and passionate fans of gay romance fiction. I'm Jeff Adams, and with me as always is my co-host and husband, Bill Knaus. Bonjour! And apparently he's gone French for April Fool's Day! <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be hilarious if I did the whole episode in French? It would be. It'd be hilariously strange. <laughs> I don't know. As always, the podcast is brought to you in part by our remarkable community on Patreon. Thank you to Theodore for recently increasing their support of the show. If you'd like more information about the bonus content we offer our patrons, go to patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. Hello, Rainbow Romance readers. You're going to want to get a notepad and pen or your favorite note-taking app because we've got a whole lot of amazing books to talk about in this episode. But before we get to that, it is, of course, the beginning of the month, and that means we have got a book club announcement. And I am very pleased to report that we have chosen Ari McKay's Striking Sparks as our book club selection for the month of April. This is a really delightful, charming, small-town romance. I think you're really going to like it. Now, members of our Patreon community have early access to a preview of that episode. So if you support us on Patreon, keep an eye out. That episode is coming your way imminently. But I am pleased to let you know that the book club episode will be dropping here into the regular podcast feed on Thursday, April 29th. So mark your calendars. And if you haven't read Striking Sparks already, go pick it up so you can join us in that conversation later this month. It is such a good book. My husband is the best picker of books for book club. It's really awesome. We want to take a moment to tell you about a new online book con that's coming on May 8th. It's called Icarus which stands for International Queer Authors and Readers Uniting Stories. This event's going to run two tracks. There's going to be one for readers and fans and another for authors. The event starts at noon Eastern time on May 8th and runs throughout the day. Among the authors attending are several who have actually been on this show, including Christian Baines, J. Scott Coatsworth, Liz Farame, Jillian St. Kevron, R.L. Merrill, Rick Reed, and Jamie Sands. To see the full lineup of authors and the events and check out everything going on with the con, you can get information at IcarusBookCon.com, and Icarus is spelled I-Q-A-R-U-S. We've also got a new podcast we want to tell you about. Back in episode 295, I reviewed J.C. Calciano's new book, Revenge of the Brobot, which is a hilarious rom-com, and if you haven't picked it up, you should definitely check it out. Now, J.C. is a new fiction podcast based on his Steamy Stories shorts. The podcast debuted last week with the story Threesome with My Ex, and we just loved it. It was a wonderful little story. It was less than 15 minutes long, so it's this little bite-sized nugget of a story. All of the stories are written by JC, and they're voiced by Bim Palacios, who was one of the stars of JC's Steam Room Stories, as well as the 10-year plan. Now, here's a quick preview of what you can expect from Steamy Stories. Welcome to Steamy Stories. The podcast where bromance becomes bromosexual. <laughs> I came up with that. Ever wondered what a sexy stableman is thinking? Or what the two hottest guys in school really get up to on prom night? Let's just say you're in the right place. Each episode will be a new steamy story written by J.C. Calciano, the creator of Steam Room Stories, and narrated by me, Ben Palacios. So subscribe now and lose yourself in hot, bromantic bliss. Later, bro. 
Steamy Stories is available anywhere you listen to podcasts, and you can find out more about it at steamystoriespodcast.com. And I'm happy to note that JC is actually going to be joining us here on the show in the coming weeks. We'll talk about Revenge of the Robot, the new podcast, and all sorts of things. So looking forward to that. Yeah, a brand new book convention, a brand new podcast, so much to look forward to this spring season. We want to talk about some upcoming books? Of course I do. One of my favorite topics. So we're trying out a new segment, talking about books that are available for pre-order and are coming your way. Stories that we're certainly looking forward to and think you might be as well. So for the very first book, you're not going to have to wait for very long. It's releasing on April 5th, and that's Out of Harm's Way by Rebecca James. And this is the first book in her Balls and Brawn Bodyguard series. Here's the blurb. You're going to pay for what you did. The terrifying text message from Mick Waters' abuser recently escaped from prison sends him spiraling into panic. His life is just getting back on track, and now he's constantly looking over his shoulder and barely able to sleep at night. When his friends arrange a bodyguard for him, Mick feels a confusing combination of relief and having protection, dismay at the sheer size of his new bodyguard, and arousal due to his attraction to big men. Oxford Bradley enjoys his job with foster security, which includes a mixed bag of high-stakes cases, some of them dangerous, and dull babysitting-type situations. When he isn't working, he prefers a serene life devoid of drama. Assigned to protect a terrified man from his abusive ex, Ox is horrified at his body's reaction to not only Mick himself, but also Mick's admission to a daddy kink. He's never had an unprofessional relationship with a client, and he's not starting now. As Mick warms up to Ox and the two men get to know one another, the attraction between them grows. Ox refuses to break his professional code, but what about when the danger's over? The temptation to explore with this intriguing man is undeniable. Will one night send Ox running back to his comfortable vanilla lifestyle, or will Mick help him find a new favorite flavor? I do like a good bodyguard story, which, of course, is a great reason to have this book on our list of upcoming things. I love that he's both intrigued by the size of his bodyguard and dismayed by it. (laughs) He's got himself an interesting dichotomy there. Out of Harm's Way is available for pre-order right now and will be releasing on April 5th. Another intriguing title, this one releasing on April 20th, is Soldier and the Spy. This is a gay Regency romance by Annabelle Green. You all know I have an interest in historicals, so my interest was already piqued, but when I actually sat down to take a closer look at this particular blurb, I think someone at this publishing house was having a little too much fun. I'm going to read it to you, and I'm going to see if you agree with me. The Soldier and the Spy is about a beholden man who finds himself falling for the war hero he's destined to double cross. 300 pounds for one night of protection. It's a job offer, but it's also a ruse. Captain Benjamin Franks, war hero and de facto head of the Society of Beasts, a club for gentlemen who prefer gentlemen, is tempted to turn the offer down. But August Weatherby, the sexy brazen stranger making the offer, has captivated him completely. August is hardly the flush flirt he claims to be. An indebted man, desperate to save his infirm sister, August makes an ideal pawn for a lord eager to bring down the Society of Beasts once and for all. But August's charge of finding evidence against Frakes is at odds with his own virgin desire to entice the captain into showing him the true meaning of pleasure. As August's infiltration pushes him deeper 
into the beguiling world of delights behind the society's closed doors, he and Frakes discovered new ways to push the boundaries of their own cravings. But with mounting pressure to complete his devious mission, August finds himself torn between the man his heart yearns for and a sister whose life depends on his betrayal. So this has already got me interested. It's got a lot of great intriguing hooks here. But I just have to say, with mounting pressure, pushing him deeper into the beguiling world of delights, this book had better be wall-to-wall banging. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. You and I may have to battle for this one, because I mean, Soldiers and Spies is one of my favorite things anyway. So maybe it'll be one that we can end up and read together and talk about at the same time (laughs) if we need to, because this one's been on my radar for a while too, because it sounds really good. The Soldier and the Spy is book two in Annabelle Green's Society of Beasts series, the first being The Vicar and the Rake. That book was available in audio. There's no word yet on whether The Soldier and the Spy is going to be making its way into audio. I really hope it does, because there's nothing I prefer more than having sex scenes read to me with a British accent. There is a certain plus to that, isn't there? (laughs) Because everything does sound better with a British accent. It sounds so good. Now, the next book that I'm really looking forward to is The Trouble with Order by Jackson Knight. That's going to be releasing on April 21st. And this is the newest book in the author's Fairyland Romance series. I love these books so very, very much. And we actually had the pleasure of talking to Jamie Sands, the author who writes under the Jackson Knight pen name. We talked to them about this series in February last year in episode 228. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode yet, we highly recommend it. Talking to them was an absolute delight. But here's what we have to look forward to with The Trouble with Order. Link's past was difficult, but he learned to skim through life and have things work out all right. Yang has worked for what he has and sacrificed things along the way. When Yang is cast as Lord Order, the villain opposite Link's fun-loving fairy mischief, there's instant chemistry that can't be denied. Outside of acting at Fairyland, Link's life is falling apart, and he has no idea how to handle it alone. But years of putting up walls and protecting a happy image makes it impossible to ask for help. Yang may love playing a villain, but in real life, he yearns to reach out to his acting partner, if he'd only accept that help. Can a villain become a friend or something even more? The Trouble with Order is a slow burn, opposites attract, MM sweet romance featuring team building, silliness, troublesome parents, assumptions, green smoothies, and an HEA. It can be read as a standalone, but it is best read as part of the Fairyland series, which is something I concur with. As I said, I am this series' biggest cheerleader. I adore every story that takes place in this wonderful theme park. The Trouble with Order is the fifth book, and if you wanted to use this as a starting point, I'm sure you wouldn't have any problem understanding what's going on. But as with each book in this particular series, certain characters are reoccurring because essentially what we're talking about is a workplace romance. It just so happens that this workplace happens to be a theme park. I am so glad that you get to spend a piece of your spring going back to Fairyland because you have absolutely loved every one of these books. Oh, I can't wait. And I'm sure you've already pushed pre-order, right? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) You are just waiting for that to deliver. Yeah. The Trouble with Order is going to be headed your way April 21st. The next book I want to talk about is the newest title from Chris Ripper. It's called The Hate Project. This arrangement is either exactly what they need or a total disaster. You see, Oscar is a grouch, 
That's a well-established fact among his tight-knit group of friends, and they love him anyway. Jack is an ass. (laughs) Jack, who's always ready with a sly insult, who can't have a conversation without arguing, and who Oscar may or may not have hooked up with on a strict no-commitment, one-time-only basis, even if it was extremely hot. Together, they're a bickering, combative mess. When Oscar is fired, he somehow finds himself working for Jack. Maybe while cleaning out Jack's grandmother's house, they can stop fighting long enough to turn a one-night stand into a frenemies-with-benefits situation. The house is an archaeological dig of love and dysfunction, and while Oscar thought he was prepared, he wasn't. It's impossible to delve so deeply into someone's past without coming to understand them at least a little, but Oscar has boundaries for a reason, even if sometimes Jack makes him want to break them all down. After all, hating Jack is less of a risk than loving him. I couldn't help but laugh with the very matter of fact, Jack is an ass. (laughs) (laughs) Just put it right out there. To me, that's even more than being a grouch, is being an ass, so... I have been intrigued by this series. It's been lurking on my TBR because this is the second book in Chris Ripper's Love Study series. The first one is just like hanging out, waiting for me to get to it. It's bumping to the top of my list so that I can be ready to read this one because these books all sound just delightful. The Hate Project's release date is April 27th, and it's going to be the Karina Adores title for the month of May. And to wrap up this book preview, I want to talk about a couple of anthologies that caught my interest. The first is Taking a Chance. Now, what intrigued me about this particular charity anthology is that 17 authors were challenged to take a chance to write something new and outside their normal box to help celebrate International Take a Chance Day. These authors went above and beyond by writing 16 stories that span the gender and sexuality spectrum. They'll make you laugh, cry, shout with joy, and take you on a journey through their contemporary, paranormal, science fiction, and adventurous stories. Some of the authors taking part are Toshi Drake, C.W. Gray, Gianni Holmes, G.R. Lyons, Shane K. Morton, and Lynn Van Dorn. It's certainly an all-star lineup, and that's just a few of them. Proceeds from this anthology will be donated to the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, which is the global nonprofit providing cutting-edge medicine and advocacy for over 1 million people in 43 countries and they are currently the largest provider of HIV-AIDS medical care in the United States. This anthology will be releasing on April 23rd, and it's worth noting that it will be available for a limited time. So be sure to either pick it up on the 23rd or pre-order it right now. A very worthy cause being supported by that anthology. And what an interesting idea to give authors a reason to write outside of their box and try something new. That's an awesome idea for an anthology, so good job to the organizers of that volume. Yeah, I can't wait to dig into these stories. And lastly, to wrap up this segment, I want to talk about Fables Retold, an MM urban fantasy anthology that features tale as old as time, reimagined. What if your favorite fairy tales kick some serious urban fantasy ass? Fueled by magic, steam, and scorching men, this MM romance anthology has just the thrill that you're looking for. Six paranormal and urban fantasy authors... Six fairy tales retold in modern day, six gorgeous couples to fall in love with. This is a limited edition anthology that you don't want to miss that comes with happily ever afters guaranteed. Some of the fairy tale reimaginings contained in this anthology are going to feature A Beauty and the Beast story by Wreath Slawless, Sam Burns with their take on Puss in Boots, a thrilling new take on Bluebeard, 
by W.M. Box. This I thought was amusing. Morgan Bryce is going to take on three Billy Goats Gruff. <laughs> I can't imagine to see how that will turn out in her very capable hands. Megan Maslow is going to reimagine Rumpelstiltskin. And Richard Amos is going to take on Snow White. If these urban fantasy reimaginings sound interesting to you, Fables Retold is going to be dropping on April 26th. I think that's going to be pretty incredible. It's such a lineup there of authors who really know how to handle urban fantasy so well. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm actually going to take a moment here to review a title that is coming out in just a few days on April 6th. The Sky Blues, which is the debut novel from Ravi Couch, will be out. This book is so terrific. The Sky Blues has elements of Simon versus the Homo Sapiens agenda and the Broadway and movie musical The Prom mixed together with some elements that are all of its own. Set in a touristy town on the coast of Lake Michigan, this town has a rich population that lives right along the lake. But then the rest of the town is mostly working class and mostly very conservative. Now, for high school senior Sky, he's just looking to navigate his last year of school as the gay kid. He's already been thrown out of his house, and he's been living with his best friend Bree and her family over on the rich side of town. Bree's family, I have to say, is amazing, and I love them from the very moment I met them on the page, taking Sky in, taking care of him as if he is one of their own. Now, Sky is obsessed with his classmate Ali, who he finds very, very cute. There are no signs that Ali may be gay, but there's a plan for a promposal to take place during the senior beach party. That beach party is 30 days away as the book begins, and that is the ticking clock that is in play here. Sky's plans, or at least all of the ideas on what the plan could be, take up an entire wall in Sky's room. He and Bree have been working on this thing for months, adding ideas, putting post-it notes up, writing things on the wall. He's got the advantage of living in an unfinished basement right now, and the renovations are ongoing, so he can really scribble on anything that he wants. Now, all hell breaks loose when pictures of the promposal wall along with a picture of Skye and Ali talking during a party at Ali's house, are sent in a very homophobic email blast to all of the seniors at the high school. Not surprisingly, Skye is devastated and horrified that the wall has been made public. He's worked hard over his high school career to make sure he didn't come off as too gay, doing things like making sure he walks in a certain way and rethinking the clothing choices that he's making. Even around his other best friend, Marshall, he's never wanted to show all of who he was, including the promposal plan, which he has kept very much under wrapped with only Bree. When Skye is eventually coaxed into returning to school after the email blast, he finds far more support than he expected and from some very unlikely sources, including Ali. Now, Ali's always been friendly to Skye, and he's into helping uncover who leaked the information because he's often seen as everything from the nerdy brown kid to terrorist. What happens is an incredible banding together of an array of people to support Skye and push back against the racist, homophobic bigots at the school and in the town. At the same time, Skye, Bree, Marshall, and Ali try to find who hacked the email since the school is being painfully slow about the investigation. And at the same time, school officials are trying to force the student body to go back to normal rather than protesting about the lack of the investigation. I don't want to give up too much here on what happens. There's an interesting, fun mystery to unfold on how the email blast was hacked, and even more, the stories that come out along the way as more people surface to support Sky. 
Sky's High School had more people than just him trying to fly under the radar. And all of you should have the same thrill at discovering these as I did, and, and frankly, as Sky did as well. At the same time, Sky is also getting more clues about his father, who had passed away when Sky was too young to really remember him. While his mom and older brother are quite simply terrible people, I really wanted to punch both of them, I, I must say that, Sky's father turns out to be quite remarkable. And Sky needed to find out about this man at this moment in his life. This subplot is so tender and a perfect counterbalance to what's happening at the school. Got to give a shout out to some awesome adults in this story, too. It's always important, I think, for young adult novels to have a solid adult supporting cast around them. I mentioned Bree's parents, and they are certainly top of the list of great adults. Sky means as much to them as their own kids, and they make sure he's equal parts supported, but also nudge back on track when needed. And yearbook advisor Miss Winter is also the kind of teacher every kid needs. I know I certainly had this type of teacher when I was going through school. She's tough, she's caring, she's helpful, and she knows just exactly when to be that thing that is needed. She also has moments of going way above and beyond in this story, which are really delightful. Sky has a hell of a ride in the Sky Blues, and I loved every minute of it. Robbie has done a great job of blending so many story elements together, including rom-com and a couple of mysteries, to create a story with great emotional impact. It shows how you need friends who see you for you, but that you also have to believe in your friends enough to show them who you are. At the same time, it shows how little we all know about each other and the dangers in assuming you know what's going on for somebody else. Luckily, Robbie Couch delivers these messages in a tremendously satisfying way without getting too preachy. I can't wait to see what Robbie delivers next, and I definitely recommend his debut with the Sky Blues. And I'm happy to note that Robbie's actually going to be joining us in episode 301 on April 8th to tell us more about this book. And when does that come out? That book will be out on April 6th, so just in a few days. Good. Something else to look forward to. So to break away from this episode's unintentional theme of looking forward, I would like to talk about a book that has been around for a while. Do I need to push the buttons on the Wayback Machine for this? <laughs> Recently, I came across Served Hot by Annabeth Albert again. I noticed that it's got a fresh new look. The publisher gave it a new cover and it really caught my interest. So I decided to give it a reread and no surprise, I enjoyed it just as much now as I did a couple of years ago when it first came out. Now, for those of you who haven't yet read this series by Annabeth Albert, Served Hot is about Robbie, and he's got a pretty big crush on David, the cute business guy who stops by his coffee cart every afternoon. They run into each other at Portland Pride. The only problem is that Robbie is terrible at flirting, and David is pretty bad at picking up the hints that Robbie is trying to drop. But despite their awkwardness, they do share a really intense kiss. When Robbie asks David out, he says no. A few days later, David stops by the coffee cart to explain that he's still working through the grief of losing someone he was in a relationship with for more than a decade. He likes Robbie a lot, but getting back out there is really hard. They make a date for brunch, and it ends up becoming their regular thing. David is the sweetest, most kind, and thoughtful guy Robbie has ever dated, and he's okay with taking things slow, but he is getting antsy and wouldn't mind if things got more physical. David doesn't seem to be in any rush, though. He brings Robbie to a soccer game that his company has box seats for, and he seems to be testing the waters of being out and in a relationship at work. 
Later, they go back to David's place and finally indulge in the sexy activities that Robbie has been craving, and it was definitely worth the wait. After an amazing night and a terrific morning follow-up, Robbie sees a framed photo of the dead boyfriend, prompting a discussion of the topic that they have been avoiding for so long. See, the story is that he was a closeted sheriff's deputy who insisted that his relationship with David be kept a secret. And after the traumatic way that he died, David wasn't sure if he'd ever be able to sleep with another man, let alone have any kind of serious relationship. For several months, everything seems to be going great. But Robbie doesn't always know how to ask for what he wants, which isn't helped by the fact that David doesn't know how to offer. It seems that their relationship is always like one step forward, two steps back. David chooses to spend Valentine's weekend with his family instead of with Robbie, putting a further strain on things. When David doesn't seem able to commit to their future, Robbie calls things off, which leaves both of them completely miserable. After a week, David comes over and opens up about everything that has been holding him back, primarily the anger at his ex and how it kept him from embracing what was so special about his relationship with Robbie. Later, a successful visit with David's family leads to them picking out paint colors for their new place in the spring. It seems that the happiness and security that they both craved for so long has been finally found, and they found it with each other. One of the things I feel that was so special about Robbie and David's story is that the author navigates their issues without bogging things down with a ton of angst. Which doesn't mean that Annabeth Albert glosses things over, I mean not by a long shot, but there is a sweet simplicity to this story about two nice guys doing nice things and falling in love that I really responded to. It certainly becomes something that we both like a lot these days. Yeah. Nice guys doing nice things. Yeah, after the last four years, I think these kind of stories I'm being drawn to more and more. I also liked how David was able, you know, with Robbie's patience and guidance to work through the issues in his past. There was a lot of toxic baggage that came from his closeted relationship with his ex. And it was Robbie who really opened David's eyes to the possibilities of what a genuinely loving and supportive relationship could be about. I mean, and isn't that what romance fiction is all about? The hope and the joy of loving someone and being loved in return. I think that's the real reason Served Hot makes me so swoony. I think it's a wonderful example of the possibilities of love and romance and fiction. So I can't overstate enough how much I really enjoyed this reread of Served Hot. It's the first novella in Annabeth Albert's Portland Heat series. And if you haven't given it a try, I highly recommend it. All right, so we hope we've given you some good ideas of some things to read in the month of April. Now, this episode's transcript is brought to you by our community on Patreon. If you'd like to read our conversation for yourself, simply head on over to the show notes page for this episode at biggayfictionpodcast.com. Don't forget the show notes page also has links to everything we've talked about in this episode. You'll also find on that page notations for audiobooks that are also available on Libro.fm, which will include the Sky Blues. Remember, when you buy an audiobook from Libro.fm, you are also supporting a local bookstore of your choice, which is such an awesome thing to do. The Libro.fm app is super easy to use. Plus, as a listener of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, you are eligible to get started with a two-month audiobook membership for the price of one. To get details on that deal, simply go to biggayfictionpodcast.com slash LibroFM. That is L-I-B-R-O-F-M. All right, I think that'll do it for this episode. Coming up on Monday in episode number 300, Everina Maxwell will join us to talk about her debut novel, Winter's Orbit. I can't believe you just got to say episode 300. <laughs>
<laughs> it's so cool. So if you remember back in episode 287, I actually reviewed this sci-fi romance about a prince and a duke who are forced to marry for the sake of an intergalactic treaty. I adored this book so much and I had a really great time talking to Everina. So look forward to bringing that to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, please stay strong, be safe, and above all else, keep turning those pages and keep reading. Big Gay Fiction Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Our original theme music is composed by Daryl Banner. Thank you.